The governor of Tokyo flew into Taiwan on Wednesday for a one-day whirlwind visit. Governor Koike Yuriko arrived before daybreak and spent the day meeting top central government officials, including President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-de. She also met Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan-an for talks on city governance. Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan-an presents a dragon statuette as a gift to Tokyo Governor Koiki Yuriko. The leaders of the two capital cities held talks behind closed doors, focusing on city governance. The 21st century has been dubbed the century of cities. By connecting with other cities, we can tackle common problems such as flooding and earthquakes. These city-to-city ties are very significant for disaster prevention work. After Governor Koike took office, Tokyo introduced egg freezing subsidies. The policy was very well received. Last year, 7,000 women applied for the subsidies. We exchanged views on policies like this. The relevant government departments will stay in communication so that we can learn more about Tokyo's experience implementing the policy. Koike's one-day visit began when she landed in Taiwan at 4 a.m. She had lunch with Taiwan-Japan Relations Association Chair Su Jiachuan. In the afternoon, she met with Taipei Premier Jiang Wan-an, Minister of Digital Affairs Audrey Tang, President Tsai Ing-wen, and Vice President Lai Ching-de. The 71-year-old Koiki has a unique personal background. Her father was a foreign trade merchant specializing in oil products. Koiki obtained her bachelor's degree in Egypt. She speaks fluent Arabic and English and previously worked as an interpreter, journalist, news anchor, and presenter. She entered politics in 1992. In 2007, she joined Abe Shinzo's cabinet as the first female minister of defense. In 2016, she was elected Tokyo governor, becoming the first woman to lead the city. She had a close friendship with late Taiwan president Li Denghui, who she referred to as her Taiwanese father. Koiki has visited Taiwan on many occasions. During the pandemic, she showed great support for Taiwan and even appeared in a public service announcement speaking Taiwanese. For more than 50 years, Koiki has been a close ally of Taiwan. Her pro-Taiwan stance has endeared her to the island's public while further deepening bilateral ties. TSMC has formally announced a second semiconductor plant in Japan's Kumamoto Prefecture. Construction is expected to start by the end of the year, with operations slated for 2027. The fab will produce chips for automotive, industrial, consumer and high-performance computing-related applications. The investment will have backing from Japanese companies, including Sony Semiconductor Solutions, Denso, and Toyota Motor. Taiwan Semiconductor firm TSMC has officially announced a second plant in Kumamoto. At 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, TSMC made an announcement that was immediately picked up by TV Kumamoto. It has been revealed that the second FAP will be located close to the first one. A company statement said that TSMC, along with partners Sony Semiconductor Solutions, Denso Corporation and Toyota Motor, will expand investment into Japan Advanced Semiconductor Manufacturing 
Mining, TSMC's majority-owned subsidiary in Kumamoto. The plan was to build a second fab scheduled to start operations by the end of 2027. The press release said that in response to rising customer demand, construction on the second fab will start this year. TSMC's two fabs are projected to offer monthly production capacity of more than 100,000 12-inch wafers, starting from 40, 2228, 1216, and 67 nanometer process technologies for automotive, industrial, consumer, and high-performance computing-related applications. Based on our current observations, it's very likely that the second chip fab will be right next to the first, creating twin fabs. TSMC will likely continue to grow its investments in production capacity in Japan. Construction on the second fab is set to start by the end of 2024. With the new investment, TSMC will hold equity stakes of 86.5% in JASM. Sony Semiconductor Solutions will hold 6%, Denso 5.5%, and Toyota Motor 2%. Taiwan's government has told travel agents to stop organizing group tours to China. The decision was announced by the Tourism Administration after China moved a commercial flight path closer to the median line of the Taiwan Strait. The Tourism Administration also said that China has yet to allow its own tour groups to visit Taiwan. Taiwanese group tours to China were scheduled to restart in March after a hiatus due to the pandemic. The Tourism Administration says that group tours already planned for March to May will be allowed to depart, but that none will be permitted after June 1st. The Lunar New Year break starts Thursday, but vacationers have already hit the airports. At Taoyuan International Airport, Total passenger traffic reached 127,000 on Wednesday. Let's hear from those involved. I'm off to Los Angeles for three or four days, and then I'll fly to Mexico. Today we're leaving for Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. We got here three and a half hours before the flight because we worried that there might be traffic jams due to Spring Festival. Travelers are advised to check in at their airline counter three hours in advance. Travel insurance is also recommended. During the holiday period, peak hours at Taoyuan's Terminal 1 will be between 5 a.m. and 2 p.m. At Terminal 2, peak hours will be from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Passengers are advised to head to the airport early as there will be a good chance of congestion on the freeway. In Taitung County, a footbridge leading to Sanxiantai Island has reopened after more than a year of earthquake repairs. The reopening has drawn a wave of visitors to the area, giving a boom to local businesses. Known for its majestic views and rich cultural heritage, Sanxiantai is a must-visit destination in Taidong. Its eight-arched bridge reopened on Monday after more than a year of repairs due to earthquake damage. It's a lovely walk along the bridge. We're local to the area. At long last, the bridge has reopened after being closed for more than a year. We've been asking for this for so long. The reopening has been a boon for local vendors as it's drawn a wave of tourists. Businesses say that sales are finally picking up. 
We've seen a massive influx of visitors since the bridge reopened. Business has been great, and the tourists are all having a fun time. They're enjoying their shopping and their snacking. The eight arch bridge spans 320 meters long, and its stairs have a total of 320 steps. It stretches across the sea and affords different views as the tides change, making it a prime spot for shutterbugs. The bridge was closed to the public in 2022 after the September 18th earthquake. It reopened more than half a year later following repairs. Of course, the bridge and the island itself are ready for visitors. During the Lunar New Year holiday, we welcome people from all over to visit the Sanxian Thai Recreational Area. Visitors are reminded that in the event of winds exceeding level 10 on the Beaufort scale, the arched bridge will be closed as a safety precaution. Many new immigrants in Taiwan share their skills with the community. Today we meet an accomplished cook and patchwork maker from Indonesia, who is as much a part of her local community as any neighbor. Cynthia Maliana Lagunara, who lives in Yunling, is a master chef and a patchwork teacher. She only started patchwork in her later life, but quickly became an expert. FTV was lucky enough to get to watch her at work in the kitchen, as well as in her sewing class. Cynthia Meliana Lagunara is busy preparing the Indonesian delicacy nasi kuning, or turmeric rice. She adds spices and coconut milk to the rice until every grain is bursting with flavor. The expert in Indonesian home cooking often holds stalls at culinary fairs. More often than not, her dishes are the best seller. I love cooking, even sweets. I make it for the neighbors so everyone can try it. This eye-catching turmeric rice shimmers like gold, symbolizing wealth and good fortune. It's the perfect dish for a festival. Apart from being a cooking expert, Lagunara is also a patchwork teacher. Her incredible artistic skills are the second string to her bow. My eyes are getting worse every year. I'm losing my eyesight. I use this tool to thread a needle now. She only started making patchworks after the age of 50, but she believes in lifelong learning. That attitude led the cooking genie to take up a new career as a touring patchwork teacher, a joyful new start in later life. If you work patiently, it comes out beautiful. You look at it and think, I made this, and you feel good. Students tell me I went home, and my grandson said, Grandma, I can't believe you made this. It's beautiful. Can I have it? Lagunara is now creating her own courses in patchwork and teaching her skills in communities. Sewing is meticulous work, but it won't be too much for a dedicated student. A kindly teacher, she makes traditional Indonesian drinks and snacks to give her students in their breaks. After 32 years in Taiwan, she's even more fluent in Taiwanese than in Mandarin. Lagunara's cooking and sewing skills have found her many friends, students and fans. The latest approval ratings are out for Taiwan's six municipal leaders. Taichung Mayor Lu Xiu-yen ranked first in the TVBS survey with 67% satisfaction. Not far behind was Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Qimai with 63%. New Taipei Mayor Ho Yi garnered 48%, representing a 13 percentage point drop from the year before. But he wasn't Taiwan's least popular local leader. That distinction went to Taoyuan's Zhang Shanzheng, who had an approval rating of 45%. 
Taiwan's transport network is bracing for the Lunar New Year travel rush. To accommodate the surge, railway and high-speed rail operators have increased capacity by as much as 29 percent. Ridership is expected to peak next Monday, two days before the holiday ends. On Wednesday, Premier Chen Jianren visited an emergency response center at Taipei Main Station. He thanked transport workers for staying on duty over the holiday to ensure safe travels for the public. Taipei Main Station is bustling as travelers get a head start on the holiday. Premier Chen Jianren stopped by the station in the morning to thank the workers who will keep Taiwan moving over the break. I know that everyone will give their best effort and that excellent preparations have been made for transporting passengers. Taiwan Railway has increased capacity by 6.5% this year, and Taiwan High Speed Rail has increased capacity by 29%. Road transport is also being managed very well with an excellent app and content management system. I'd like to once again thank everyone in the transport sector. During Spring Festival, when everyone else is off on a break, our colleagues in transportation will be working very hard. The minister said that transport systems are expecting full capacity over the holiday. Peak ridership is expected for Monday or the third day of the new lunar year. The greatest passenger volume should be seen on the third day of the new lunar year. We expect to hit 817,000 trips. Based on that estimate, we will add train services to meet demand. We expect between 199,000 to 313,000 passenger trips. The estimate of 313,000 is for the third day of the new lunar year. If we do see that many passenger trips, it would mark the third highest volume in the history of the high-speed rail. The high-speed rail expects to handle the third highest number of passengers in its history. Over Spring Festival, transport operators will stand firm at their posts to ensure a safe journey home for the public. Now, to get people home to the outlying islands, domestic airlines will run 2,366 flights over the holiday with a total capacity of more than 200,000 seats. In addition, the defense ministry will provide two military aircraft each day to accommodate the spring festival rush. Today, a lot of people were able to get off the wait list, and the situation might be even better tomorrow. We've also got military aircraft, and we've reached an agreement with the Defense Ministry. Toward the end of Spring Festival, military aircraft will be available at Dinmen, so that if commercial flights can't meet demand, the military can provide assistance. Between February 7th and 15th, transport on two C-130 aircraft will be provided to officers, soldiers and private citizens. The defense ministry said its transport service would not affect combat readiness and flight training operations. New rules have come into force in New Taipei, requiring hazardous items to be disposed of in clear individual containers to prevent accidents during waste collection. The rules are a result of recent fires in garbage trucks and numerous injuries suffered by waste collectors. The hazardous items that you need to watch out for include plastic bags, glass, batteries and gas canisters. A grace period in which new Taipei residents can learn the new rules will end in April.
Refuse collectors are at work when flames leap from their refuse truck. A lithium battery had caught fire and someone had thrown a gas canister into the truck. The conflagration left two refuse collectors with burns. In October, New Taipei took steps to prevent such incidents from recurring, announcing that seven types of recyclables must be collected separately. Hazardous items must not be thrown in with ordinary garbage. In recent years, we've noticed many people putting hazardous items together with paper, plastic bottles and cans in bags or boxes and handing them straight to our garbage collectors. As we collect such items, there have been numerous incidents where, for example, our employees have cut their hands while sorting the items. We've even had explosions of batteries or gas bottles, causing damage to our vehicles and conflagrations. These are the items to watch for. Clean plastic bags, styrofoam boxes, glass containers, light sources, dry cells, mobile power banks, lead-acid batteries, and flammable items like lighters, gas canisters, or car cigarette lighters. Not only must these items be recycled separately, but they must be appropriately packed in bags or boxes if in large numbers. The rules came into effect last October. Of course, there is a grace period, which is six months long. But from April onward, if someone fails to recycle those seven types of items separately and hand them to our refuse collectors, they can be fined a maximum of 6,000 NT, according to the Waste Disposal Act. Next time you need to get rid of these kinds of items, make sure to pack them in a transparent bag, an open eco-friendly bag, or a cardboard box. That allows waste collectors to identify the items in a timely manner and will prevent your items from causing an accident. And now for a check-in with Taiwan's animal world. Many people across Taiwan go out of their way to protect creatures from danger. We take a trip to Qingjing Farm in Nanto to meet a sheep rescue team. The team of first responders help sheep that have gotten into scrapes. Meanwhile, over in Taichung, the city government has stepped in to protect a nest of newborn black swan cygnets. A sheep is lifted into the air as if riding a sedan chair. It's a simulation of what would happen if a sheep were injured. The animal is placed in this special stretcher and taken for emergency care by a vet. The Baba rescue team is made up of livestock experts who are in charge of animal care here at Qingjing Farm in Nanto. The sheep at Qingjing Farm roam freely in their fields. As such, they can often get into scrapes, cutting themselves on stones or branches. The rescue team is there to respond when needed. Workers at the farm carry external medicines for injured sheep. When they get a report of an injury, the animal is triaged. A minor wound can be treated immediately with natural first aid medicines. A more serious wound triggers a vet to be called ASAP. If a visitor sees this color, they needn't worry. It means we have treated the sheep in the past. Meanwhile, a pair of black swans at Taichung's Maple Garden have been brooding 12 eggs over the winter. In recent days, four adorable cygnets have hatched. The city's construction administration is taking no chances and has erected portable guardrails around the nest. Last year, a brood of cygnets went missing, with suspicions that they may have been eaten by predatory fish from the nearby lake. They fenced it off, so it should be better for them having just hatched some cygnets. It's four new lives. 
The plan to protect the cygnets will stay in place until the little birds are big and strong and can look after themselves when the fence will be dismantled. The town of Furano in Hokkaido is famous for its flower fields featuring rows of lavender floral seas. Flower lovers in Taiwan won't have to travel far because they can visit a field similar to those in Furano right here in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there for a visit. The town of Furano is famous for its beautiful flower fields. Well, you don't have to fly all the way to Furano anymore because the fields have been recreated in Beitou. A group of dancers wearing kimonos dance in front of a flower field. Lavender, silver ragwort, French marigold, skirtless sage, and other flowers adorn the mountain slope. This is a Kipatao Sentenchi Park. The city's Parks and Lights office has recreated the floral sea of Furano here. This is the sea of flowers in mini Hokkaido. I have also been to Hokkaido. The large ones are there, the small ones are here. They are very beautiful. There are different layers. The lavenders are so beautiful to take photos of. I have been to Japan before and I think this place is just as good. The sea of flowers is big and beautiful. The flowers here are very beautiful. It is worth visiting. It is the same as the flower season in Japan. In 2019, the Taipei City Parks and Streets Lights Office transformed this mountain slope near the Shosan Fire Department into the Kipatao Sansenchi Park. The area spans 1,200 square meters. This year, 20,000 pots of flowers have been planted. Visitors can walk along the slopes and admire the flowers. So Flowers are very beautiful. They have held this for several years. The floral seat will be on display until March 31st. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zhen Luo in Taipei.